Hello and welcome everyone to episode 96 of the Apt EVs podcast. I'm your host Chris Rogers and this week's episode will focus on the Aptera news for the period between January 15th and January 21st, 2023, which is going to be all about the Aptera launch edition webinar. Hello everyone, I hope that you all had a great week. Once again, this week's episode is going to be all about that launch edition webinar from last Friday, January 20th, and that included a Q&A section at the end. Tara hosted this a few days ago with co-CEOs Steve Ambro and Chris Anthony delivering the presentation along with contributions from Chief of Design Jason Hill. They went through that Q&A afterwards. I'm going to include just a few audio clips from the webinar, but otherwise I'm just going to run through a summary of what was covered in the webinar, the new information, the highlights from that, as well as some commentary from me. So first off, let's jump into the specs that they announced for the launch edition vehicle. First off, unsurprisingly, the Aptera, the first ones off the production line, the launch, which they're calling the launch edition, those are all going to be the 400 mile range version. That's not a surprise. They've mentioned in the past that the most common range version the 400 mile one would be the first one. And so it's not a surprise that they went with that as opposed to their other range, 250, 600 and 1000 miles. What I didn't also realize with the was that the colorway that they're going for the launch edition webinar, which is the Luna, the silver prototype, that is also the most popular reserved option. Um, and so that's going to be the first version that will be made available. Now, no shade to those who are the Luna prototype, but what, what's wrong with you all? Why aren't you going with the all black version? That's clearly the best looking version. Um, all jokes aside, they, they continued on with some other updates to the overall size and dimensions of the vehicle. First off, it's going to be 87.6 inches wide or 222.5 centimeters, 177 inches long or 449.5 centimeters and 56 inches tall or 142.2 centimeters in in height. Now this is a slightly different dimension from the original specs that were shared on the vehicle. The original versions in the under the old English system were 88 inches wide, 172 inches long and 57 inches tall or 223 0.5 centimeters wide, 436.8 centimeters long, and 144.7 centimeters tall. Basically, the vehicle is a little bit narrower, a little bit shorter in height, and a little bit longer. I guess the length is the largest area of change, which went from 177, excuse me, 172 inches in length up to 177 or uh, in other words, 436.8 centimeters up to 449.5 centimeters. So that was the biggest change. The it, the the new width though is also significant in, in that they made it a little bit more narrow. However, at 87.6 inches wide, that's still going to pose some challenges, I imagine, when parking the vehicle. Not so much in terms of ingress, egress, because the butterfly doors they're going to help with getting in and out of the vehicle. You're not going to be concerned about whether or not you have too much room or you don't have enough room between an Aptera and a vehicle to the side or something, some other obstruction to the side of the vehicle. What I'm thinking about is that the width of the overall width of the Aptera for the front wheels 
is close to the maximum width of space that is frequently allocated to overall parking. In fact, there was a thread on Aptera's discussion forums where someone made the point that if you're walking around a house and you accidentally kick a high chair, it's because the, a lot of times it's because the width at the top of the high chair is more narrow and does not reflect the width at the bottom of the high chair where there might be feet that jut out a bit more. And so you'll constantly kick the feet of the high chair because you're just looking at the seating area and you see how narrow it is. And in your mind, you don't make that automatic adjustment of, oh, there's this lower, there's wider base at the bottom that you're that has feet sticking out. And so you kick into that. And to translate that to the Aptera vehicle, if you're parking on a street, you might have a similar phenomenon where people's eyes, they're used to adjusting to looking at the width of the, the top area of the vehicle. And then you can anticipate, all right, well, that's how much room I have. But with an Aptera, it's going to be the only vehicle on the road where if you're looking at the top of the vehicle, that's not telling you where the danger area is and how much room you have to fit around it. So if you're accustomed to looking at that, you people might end up, basically, if you're parking on the street, people might end up hitting your car. So that, and at 87.6 inches, I looked at the average width of vehicles. That's wider than a Dodge Charger. The two vehicles that I found that are wider than, an it's wider than an Escalade, are a Ford F-150 or a Ram 3500 pickup truck. Those two vehicles are wider than an Aptera. But otherwise, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit sticky. Moving on to other specs for the vehicle, it was also revealed during the webinar that the belly pan of the vehicle is made entirely out of aluminum. I wonder if that's going to aid in the overall cooling of the vehicle and the reason why they went with a different material for the bottom of the vehicle. They also stated during that presentation that you will get 13 miles per hour of, excuse me, 13 miles of range per hour or about 21 kilometers from charging by a standard 110 volt outlet. And that's that's basically, that's a standard outlet that you would see in any house in the United States. I don't know what the charging standard is in Europe or in other parts of the world, but I believe it, it it's all around 110 volts. So standard home charging outlet, you're gonna get 13 miles of range or 21 kilometers of range per hour. And that amount increases to 57 miles of range per hour, or about 92 kilometers, if you use a 240 volt charger. This means that if you install no additional, if you if you have your own home with with your own standard charging outlet, if you install no additional infrastructure at your home, you could still get a meaningful amount of range of charging your Aptera overnight. I think there's, I think they said in this presentation, you're looking at basically 130 miles of range if you plugged it in when you got home from whatever your errands are or work, and then you got up in the morning, which is, which is decent from just a regular outlet. But if you upgrade that in there, they, they cost a few thousand dollars and you have a home charger. And so you increase the rate to 240 volts then you're, you'll be able to fully charge a launch edition Aptera overnight from charging at home, which is pretty great. Moving on through the specs, another significant change from the original description is the cargo space. Initially, that was listed as 25 cubic feet of cargo space. Now it is listed at 32 cubic feet, which is a pretty big jump. The dimensions 
of the rear storage area include if you're going from the inside 70 inches from the measured from the back of the seats to the rear of the vehicle and 47 inches from the width which is fixed basically the the entire width of, of the rear storage area is 47 inches and that translates to 178 centimeters of length and 119 centimeters of width pretty big the, the rear storage area also includes a smaller cargo bunk and tie-down hooks as well as accessory hooks. And as a contractor, I imagine that the hooks that they're including in this large space, a very practical addition for what amounts to essentially a small flatbed inside of a vehicle. As a recreational driver myself, that's a ton of storage space. And I'm not really sure what I would do with all of that if I were going on a longer trip. The obvious thing that you could use it for is for your luggage or what you're storing in there. If I were moving to new places, the Aptera in a overall fairly small form factor would actually do a pretty good job of the amount that you could fit in the vehicle. Obviously, you could use it for grocery shopping, but I don't have a family of 10. The amount of groceries that you could fit in your car in in an aptera seems pretty significant i am curious if maybe there will be some other interesting accessories that will utilize that rear space for people like myself who again you there's basically a small flatbed in the back of the vehicle and it's mostly going to be empty because i'm not planning on i mean it's not like you, you go on road trips all the time so i'll need to look into figure out what it is that i'm going to use it for Moving on and rounding out the launch edition features, the launch edition is going to utilize or is going to have the codex interior coloring and it will come with the full, the full solar package which will give you 40 miles per day in terms of range from the charging. It will also be the all-wheel drive version and I'm patting myself on the back for predicting that they would go with the all-wheel drive since that would certainly make it the most impressive version. You've got 400 miles of range, all-wheel drive, so 0 to 63.5 seconds, as well as the maximum charging. Th that makes sense to me. Um, also, that last part was interesting when they're talking about the all-wheel drive because it was my assumption that by adding an extra motor to the vehicle, it, it was actually going to fall short of the projected 400 miles of range. And that's because if you're using more power, if you have higher rate of power consumption, you should get shorter range. At least that's what we've seen thus far with other electric vehicles. For um, Tesla's Model 3 and Model Y, if you go with the, and I don't know why I'm limited to Model 1, with Tesla vehicles, the all-wheel drive versions have shorter range than their front-wheel drive versions. And so if you want the, lo the long-range Model 3, Model Y, everything, it's it's not all-wheel drive because there it's the increased power consumption that's how that works and later in the presentation co-ceo steve ambro he sort of implied that it's not exactly 400 miles he said something along the lines of about 400 miles of range and so maybe it's actually around 392 or maybe 395 but it may actually be closer. And so if they're saying that, oh yeah, you know, this vehicle with all wheel drive is gonna get around 400 miles of range, that's really impressive. And it would also imply 
that if you get a two-wheel drive version of the Aptera with the with the intended 400 miles, it's actually going to get a, it should probably slightly exceed 400 miles of range, and that would keep in line with just standard physics. So you have lower power consumption is actually better than 400 miles of range. If you go with the higher power consumption all-wheel drive version, then you're just about at 400 miles of range. And so this will be this will be something that I'm going to monitor. I mean, obviously because I got this selfish, you know, I got this version of the vehicle, so I'm curious as to what is the final range, that, effective range that I'm going to be getting for this vehicle. And when speaking about Aptera's range and combination with solar charging, Chris Anthony, he spoke about the estimated charging needs for people who are living in sunny areas versus cloudy areas. And this is going to be one of the few areas where I'm going to include a an audio clip from that presentation. So take a listen. This means that most people will be able to drive for months without ever having to plug in. In Southern California, or a location with high sun exposure, the average American driver would never have to plug in their Aptera for daily driving. In a location with medium sun exposure, like New York or Chicago, the average American driver would only have to plug in their Aptera about three times a year. That's with an average daily driving of about 29 miles. So in San Diego, you could expect 11,000 miles of free solar range per year and approximately 9,000 miles in New York or Chicago. I wanted to include this clip because I live in New York and so it's sort of easy for people who live in places like New York with that level of solar intensity or exposure to fall into the false assumption that unless you're in the American Southwest or maybe North Africa, that you're not going to get a lot of solar range. But the reality is that you're looking at about 9,000 miles of solar charging range every year. And that's that, that, that's very significant and actually plays into something that they discuss later on in the overall presentation in terms of the, the charging needs. But the other point that I want to add is that Steve clarified that the 40 miles per day of charging that you get from the vehicle, that applies whether you're parked or driving. And so if the vehicle is adding 40 miles of charging range, even while you're in motion, I wonder if it's actually possible for hypermilers to actually add range while you're driving an Aptera. That is, say you had a mostly downhill route, you start off in, in the Aptera, and it's a sunny sunny day, and so you're, you're coasting, but if it's charging and your consumption is so low, I wonder if it's it's not just, oh, you know, you're getting this, this solar range, you're actually, you leave, and when you arrive, you have more more solar charging. You know, the, the converse of that, something that I'm wondering, is that I wonder if the advertised range, basically, in, if it assumes the use of solar, or if it's that's just the range that you would get from the battery alone because for Aptera it's going to be a complicated question unless you're always driving at night you know the actual range of the vehicle it's going to fluctuate seemingly quite a bit if you go with the full solar package and so if the if the advertised range is battery alone assuming you go with no solar then you, you're looking at a 400 mile range vehicle but it's actually you know 400 you know, for me, it, it seems like, well, if you, that assumes that basically if you're driving on a sunny day, it's actually 440 miles of range for the vehicle. And, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure if, if which of those scenarios is the case. Maybe I'm being overly 
optimistic by by assuming or, or reading into the statements that way. Now, moving on, after showing off the vehicle and giving a, a brief intro into Aptera's overall design ethos, that was when Jason Hill jumped in to speak more about the launch edition vehicle. In that portion, there were a few other interesting tidbits that I learned about the vehicle. First is that there will be two USB-C charging ports in the vehicle, which is is nice to hear. I mean, everyone's doing USB-C, and so that makes sense. I think people were assuming that there might be a wireless Qi charging pad, but you know, good to know, USB-C. Second, Jason spoke about the vehicle wrap that will be used, and this is where I'm gonna play the, the next audio clip because I, I thought this part was interesting as well. The silver color wrap portion of Aptera that you see amounts to only 35% of its body surface. We chose a film wrap because it's more environmentally friendly and eliminates approximately 98% the need for a traditional painting process while offering UV protection. The color of the body and the wheel pants will be Luna, which is most popular color selected by our pre-order reservation holders. The resulting wrapped area, interestingly, is mostly not exposed to direct sunlight, which would therefore enhance the longevity of the surface finish. It never really dawned on me before, but the vehicle wrap, or that is the portion of the vehicle that will be wrapped, is only for the portions that you can see that are expressly colored differently. That is, the silver portion of the vehicle that's only around 35% of the surface. Everything else, including the aluminum belly pan that was revealed, has a different color because it's a different material. That's why the top section of the vehicle, that entire solar roof, that's a different material. They're not wrapping that, which, you know, it seems very obvious. Like, oh yeah, of course, they, they put all this this investment and money into these solar cells, and yet they're not gonna wrap, they're not gonna cover that. They've already determined the the coloration of that portion. So the only parts that remain to be wrapped, you know, especially with this aluminum belly pan, are the front wheel pants, I guess the nose cone, which also appears to be a different material, and then the sides of the vehicle, which I guess amounts to only around 35% of the overall surfaces. And because the areas of the vehicle, or most of those areas, are on the sides, Aptera is, I guess they're stating that they believe that is going to increase the longevity of the wraps, which is one of the primary concerns that has been brought up in this sort of contentious topic of painting a vehicle versus wrapping. One of the fundamental issues with wrapping is that UV rays, they cause damage to wraps, and so you're you're going to incur the cost of having to replace them over time. However, if what Aptera is predicting is correct, the longevity of these wraps are actually, they should be better than what you see on on most vehicles because the surfaces, you know, the, the areas, basically the areas where the solar cells are, those are not, those are not wrapped surfaces. So everything else is, for the most part, it should look a little bit better over the years compared to other wrap vehicles. You know, the question is, all right, well, how much better? Also, you know, you know, what will that usable life be? How much is it going to cost to wrap it? How much is it is it going to be a meaningful difference? The fact that it's only if you're only looking at 35% of the vehicle, is that actually a lot cheaper, or is it the unique shape of the vehicle is still going to make it a little bit pricey? But you know, their questions remain as to what those costs will be. Moving on, the last part of the presentation, Chris and Steve explained how 
the company is still seeking funding. They apparently need around $50 million to get into full production. And they made a pitch for investing in the company. In And following that, there's going to be a webinar next week on Friday, January 27th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, specifically for investors. But overall, you know, fantastic uh, presentation. Um, I'm going to include the link to that in the show notes and you should check it out. The next part of this of this episode, I'm going to focus on the Q&A section in the podcast. And, and this part, Chris and Steve took, uh, or Chris, Steve, and Jason Hill, they all took questions from the chat for those who joined live. I unfortunately was not able to do that, so I was not able to submit any questions. But we learned even more about the vehicle and, and some, some interesting um, tidbits there. With, uh, great questions came in there. Um, the first thing that I want to start off with was they revealed that the launch edition vehicles, there will be around 5,000 of those that they're anticipating. So that's if essentially if if you are early and if you were within the first 5,000 pre-orders and you're looking at getting the vehicle fastest or if you were not and you are you change your configuration to the all that setup of you know the lunar prototype 400 mile range all-wheel drive if you change to that if you are within the first 5,000 people to do that then you will be one of the, of the first people who will get your Aptera vehicle now they they decided to go with the approach of making just this one complete consolidated configuration because they believe that is the simplest way to get in production and that was a recommendation from both Sandy Monroe and CPC partners. Essentially, multiple SKUs, the second you start doing a bunch of different variations, that's where EV, other EV startups have gotten tripped up in the past and, and they're just trying to focus on making one product, getting that out the door, and then expanding onto all of the other different types. For those who haven't already ordered a launch edition vehicle, and if you keep your reservation, then you're looking at seeing your vehicle sometime in 2024 or beyond. Additionally, they confirmed that the Paradigm Edition, the Paradigm orders, those are still a thing. I was speculating last week if the Launch Edition Aptera, if that had replaced the Paradigm, which is referring to those, the first 1,000 people who ordered an Aptera, uh, they had the option, I guess, of ordering a Paradigm Edition and that is still in the works and those people will still get a specialized version of the vehicle it was during this section of the q a that it was revealed that aptera has passed the forty thousand pre-order threshold which is nice to hear that they they continue to add more people who are interested in the company interestingly they also and this was announced earlier but you know this is this is something that I didn't see happening, but they increased the size of the battery pack for the 400-mile range of Aptera. I thought they were rounding it up, but it has increased from 41 kilowatt hours. It is now at 42 kilowatt hours. And the reason for that was that you know they figured that they could fit more capacity into the vehicle. And so they, they wanted to do that. I'm guessing the reason why they decided to do that is, is so that they could get to it, it wasn't so that they could improve the range. I guess that it was so that they could hit that range target for the all-wheel drive version. 
I, I'm guessing if it was at 41 or even 40 kilowatt hours, they wouldn't have been able to hit that estimated 400 miles of range for the all-wheel drivers. And, and so when they figured that they could fit more battery cells in, which is what happened from you know, working more closely with their suppliers, I think they specifically mentioned Eve Energy. They just said, all right, well, let's go for it. Uh, another, and perhaps, you know, the a, a really interesting tidbit that is going to call back to the earlier point where I was talking about the range charging for the vehicle. Um, the Aptera launch edition vehicles, so those are the first ones off the production line, despite the fact that they're using the North American charging standard, formerly the Tesla charger, and despite the fact that technically they, they should have this capacity, they will not be capable of DC fast charging. That is, you will not be able to plug a an Aptera vehicle into, you know, I guess a, a Tesla supercharger and get supercharging rates of uh, capacity of range, you know, looking at 500 miles an hour or so with that small Aptera battery. And the reasoning for this is that there is added complexity that would be needed for the overall, the battery of the vehicle that would have made it more, I guess, more difficult, more challenging to have that out of the gate. I think the the biggest, most obvious change is the thermal management system of the battery pack would add complexity for that. And so for, so for, that's their, they, I think that was their stated reason was like, well, we didn't want to add to the, the complexity of the vehicle. But the other big reason, which is, which, which goes into the overall efficiency of the vehicle and the solar charging is that Aptera, this is, this is, pretty wild when you think about this in the EV space, they don't believe that most people will need DC fast charging, at least for those who are getting the launch edition vehicles. Essentially, they're saying with the size of the battery pack and the fact that you can get 57 miles of range per hour from a 240 volt connection, and I guess the fact that you're getting 40 miles a day with a full solar package, you know, I, I guess this goes back to what they're saying is that if you live in a place that's as sunny as San Diego, you're never going to charge in the vehicle. They're they're essentially building no. The reason why they're not they don't feel the need to add the complexity for DC fast charging is because they're taking their their whole never charge moniker very very seriously. They're taking it to its logical conclusion. They're saying, yeah, even if you're in a cloudy place like New York, if you're getting nine thousand miles of range and you're an average driver why would you need to have dc fast charging why would we need to build this into the vehicle when you're never going to use it and while that's maybe an exaggeration it it is also probably true that the number of people that are supposed to use that are actually relatively small in fact ev other ev manufacturers they make it very clear that you're not supposed to rely only on dc fast charging it's actually very bad for the overall health of the battery pack if you rely on that high-speed charging. So you're not supposed to use it anyway. Aptera is taking this step further and going, actually, we don't think you'll need it. You just plug it into an outlet and you'll be fine. I think where they would run into some trouble if, and, and they spoke about the fact that because they're technically capable, they're, they're open to doing this in the future. If you get a 600 mile or 1000 mile range Aptera, 57 miles of range an hour that's that's not practical you know that that's not just overnight like at, at 57 miles of range per hour 
you know, you know it's like no one's going to sit there and plug their their 1000 mile range Aptera in for an entire week just to fill it up and if you're going on a road trip which presumably that's the whole value of getting this giant battery pack Aptera the fact that you'd have to you'd have to be stuck at a charging station for hours and hours on end you know that that does not seem that great um and maybe i don't fully understand this maybe if you go with a a standard a non-dc fast charging maybe you would get it i it's i'm i'm pretty sure the way they made it sound that 57 miles of range an hour that's the cap that they this vehicle is going to be at at least the launch edition webinar and so this will be something that'll be important to monitor you know i guess it will make sense as they as they look into figuring out the thermal management system and the complexity of these larger range aptera vehicles for the 250 mile range again makes perfect sense why you would not why like why would you add this cost you know with a 240 volt um uh connection you're looking at five hours to charge a an aptera with the smallest battery that is completely dead all the way up to um to full capacity so again you don't really need dc fast charging for that vehicle but yeah thousand mile range they're gonna have to figure that out um moving on um aptera is also still waiting on final prices from their suppliers and that is going to be vital to figure out what the final price of the launch edition vehicles will be as well as presumably the other vehicles that they have in their overall lineup this is also significant you know going back to the the dc fast charging if the battery packs for the 600 mile range and the 1000 mile range apteras are, are going to be different from the 400 and 250 like that that alone that is the company telling you that vehicle the price that we had originally it's going to go up it's not going to be 45,000 for the 1000 mile range and 36,000 or 35,000 for the 600 mile range it's going to be more because they have to there are going to be different components there's going to be a different battery pack there's more that's going into it that was not initially envisioned when they first started planning for the vehicle from a personal experience in terms you know just trying to figure out what i think a ballpark range of the actual prices would be my configuration that i have is basically the launch edition vehicle i went with all-wheel drive 400 miles of range enhanced audio the only real difference is that because i'm a a sane person i went with the all black version because i know that aesthetically that looks the best that looks better than anything that will be on the road that will ever exist ever but moving on from that i went with the all black version so i'm not getting a launch edition webinar but with all of those options selected the website has me clocked at $33,200 for the Aptera. And so if that's what it's they were predicting three years ago or at the end of 2019, if you're trying to budget for this vehicle, you know, they're in the company signaling that, oh, you know, supply change, increased costs, everything. I'm expecting that that number could go up to maybe 35000 or 36000 If If they're able to to try to keep the price increases relatively minimal. That is, if you get a 400 mile range Aptera with all wheel drive, enhanced audio, um, maybe you throw in the camping package, you're probably looking at 35 or $36,000, but but we'll see. Um, 
you know, a, a quick side note on the reservation deconfigurator. If you go on the Aptera website, they've they finally they've updated it so that the visuals, the pictures that they have, are the the Delta prototype instead of the older version. For a long time, as recently as a few weeks ago, when I went in there, it was basically like a blast from the past where you could see what the old seats look like, the old center console. It didn't have the the yoke steering half wheel. It had the old original version of that. It didn't have the vision forward system. They finally, they've updated it so you can see what the Delta prototype version would look like. You can also see what it will look like in the all black noir version or in the all white soul prototypes. So you can see what that coloration looks like with the gray aluminum belly pan, which will be standard across all of the versions of the vehicle. There was also a question during the Q&A about the deliveries to Europe. And while there wasn't a specific time frame that was given, it, it was basically implied that with homologation needs that are, that will have to be passed in, in Europe, that it will be after... I mean, it'll, it'll be after the initial 5,000 launch edition webinar, probably be after or, or maybe late 2024. I mean, they're saying that they can get a small volume of vehicles. So maybe they'll get through launch edition and then they'll try to get a few out to each region of the world where someone has reserved the vehicle. I can say from running this podcast, there are a number of people, um, a number of countries in Europe where people are listening just to this podcast. And it's not like I... I represent all Aptera owners and buyers, and there are a number of people around the world who have reserved it. I think they already said that there's something like 190 countries where people have, have, have reserved it. So it is in the company's interest to try to get some vehicles out around the world. There are a lot of customers where people are very eagerly waiting to get it. And so I guess we'll have to stay tuned for, for figuring out what the exact timeline is one thing that Aptera is still confident about is because of their right to repair ethos, it's going to make servicing those vehicles a lot easier than it otherwise would be. So so basically, when you do finally get your vehicle, you're not going to be hung out to dry and that you're not going to be able to, to fix anything. They're, they're going to be as committed to you as they will be to anyone else in any other region in the world. The last uh, question that they went through on the webinar was about the autonomous driving. And they are still working on level two autonomous driving. They've they've already they've been conducting some testing on that, but that's not going to be part of the, the launch vehicles. Again, I'm of, of the mindset that take your time, figure out your suppliers on this. Uh, autonomous driving has not, you know, in, in 2023, autonomous driving is not where a lot of prognosticators predicted that it would be five or 10 years ago. And so I don't see the need to try to rush for something for a technology that has not proven itself to be more than a nice to have than a need to have. And of all the things that they're working on for the vehicle, I, I kind of hope that that's in the, the bottom of their list. You know, if they can figure out how to do a third seat in that vehicle, that to, for me is, is much higher priority than figuring out you know, what the camera system is and what their software package is for level two autonomous driving. Overall, is a pretty meaty presentation with a, with a lot of large and, and small reveals. You know, there are still some, some major question marks for me, you know, starting with the final cost of the vehicle, as well as, you know, the estimated, the final range, you know, talking about 
it will be about 400 miles of range. I'm curious as to what what those numbers will be. On the cost point, it, they really have been signaling for a while that the overall impact of of increased prices globally that Aptera is not immune to those changes in prices. And so what they were predicting the vehicle would be in 2019 doesn't necessarily match what it'll be today. I mean, you can see that in the changes in their composite materials. They were initially looking at a a a what's a sandwich core design that was based off of their experience with Chris Anthony's boat company. They changed to an entirely different uh, composite materials, which comes with a different range of costs. You know, CPC partners, they're very experienced in this. And so maybe there's some economies of scale. And so maybe it's a wash there. But, you know, I, I have questions about what is this vehicle ultimately going to cost? Bigger picture, I am still confident that they're going to reach their, their ultimate funding needs. And that's because their business their business model, which is focused on efficiency, remains incredibly strong. The biggest question I had when I started this podcast a couple of years ago was this car looks nuts. You know, everything makes sense from an engineering perspective. You know, there is that that whole Amory Lovins presentation from at this point 16 years ago, 17 years ago, where he spoke about or spoke about a high highly efficient car utilizing composites. The business plan has been there. The question was what is the level of demand for a three-wheeled vehicle that looks entirely different from everything else on the road? But the fact that they're at 40,000 pre-orders, that kind of puts the question about the doubts to to bed. It, it basically says, you know, if this company on, on their current level of marketing budget has 40,000, over 40,000 people who are willing to put up a deposit on a vehicle, it, it suggests to people who are questioning whether or not they should invest, these large-scale institutional investors, I think it answers the question of whether there's a future market for this vehicle. And and the fact that, again, a vehicle that you may never pay to refuel that will last for decades, that it seems like a pretty strong sell. In any case, I'm looking forward to the investor webinar next week where hopefully there will be more to share then. And that concludes episode 96 of the Apt EVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. I also include my referral link in the show notes, which you can use for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit for an Aptera. Also, if you really like the podcast, please leave five star and above reviews on your podcasting platform of choice. I, you know, I hear from all the other podcasts I listen to that helps with visibility. And so I guess more folks will find out about this podcast and they'll start listening as well. The Apt EVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, et cetera, et cetera. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to aptevspodcast at gmail.com or you can find me at apt underscore EVs podcast on Twitter. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place. 